This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. It's usually about a quarter to a half inch square. The tiny little box there in the sweaty palm of the boy whose heart is about to beat out of his chest. You see, that tiny box represents a lifetime of memories. I'm talking about an engagement ring box. It's so little, but it means so much. Beyond its size, it is the token of love from one individual to another. It represents commitment, fidelity, a desire to spend the rest of their lives together. It means the whole world. That's how we should feel about these five short verses in Hosea chapter 3. They could not mean more because they represent the whole of human history, God's grand design, his desire for commitment, fidelity, and eternity spent together. And it reveals just how far he would go and how much he would pay to make it possible. These verses in Hosea chapter 3 read, Then the Lord said to me, Go again, show love to a woman who is loved by another man and as an adulteress, just as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and nine bushels of barley. I said to her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be promiscuous or belong to any man, and I will act the same toward you. For the Israelites must live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, and without ephod or household idols. Afterward, the people of Israel will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come with awe to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days. Five little verses, and yet these are rife with potential for the people of God. These verses could not have more importance in God's sweeping view of history. The well-chronicled account of the prophet Hosea and the prostitute Gomer comes to a glorious climax in these verses. God had instructed Hosea to go and intentionally marry this serial adulterer because of the illustration that it depicted for God's people. They were doing to God spiritually what Gomer was doing to Hosea physically. Make no mistake, the physical always has a spiritual connection to it, and this relationship underscores that connection. As we learned yesterday, Gomer's adultery was going to lead her into captivity. She had grown dependent on the things that she thought she had acquired from her lovers. Now we learn later that these things were given to her by her faithful lover. They had lured her into captivity, though, after she began to chase after these things. All of this was an all-too-familiar account for God's people, who had gone chasing after alliances with other nations, Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, This deliberate act of spiritual adultery had vaunted them into outright idolatry for generations now. They craved the things of this pagan world, just like Samuel and Moses and Joshua had warned them that they would. 
And this supposedly set-apart nation wanted what everybody else had. Their lust for the things of the world had so consumed them that that lust had lured them into the wilderness chasing after these things. And that stepping out on God had left them out here naked and exposed for the adulterous nation that they were. But while their abhorrent actions had landed them in the wilderness, we learned that even amid their rebellion, God had foreseen their insolence and in his providence had brought them to their knees so that they would finally listen to him. He would then speak tenderly to them in the wilderness and make the day of trouble the gateway of hope for this people. That's all in chapter 2. But now in chapter 3, this faithful God goes one step further. Not only does Hosea find Gomer in the wilderness and speak tenderly to her, but he also goes himself to redeem her from her sinful ways. He was paying for her adultery, redeeming her to himself, buying her back for himself. Now this act of redeeming grace and transforming love was to be the basis of her fidelity moving forward. Then Hosea points the story back to Israel, who would be forced to live without a king or prince, sacrifice or pillar, and ephods or even idols. They were forced to live without a king, without a temple to sacrifice in, without a priest. That's the idea of the reference of the ephod worn by the priest. And even their precious idols that had sent them there, they would be removed from them. And this sentence is all about their captivity. But after they would endure that captivity, the text foretells of a time where they would return and seek the Lord and their King David. These people would long for their king to come. And Isaiah 11 declares this king would come to redeem them with the price of his own life. His death would save them and he would pay for their freedom from their sin. But Hosea's vision of this king doesn't stop there. Because on the last day, this king will stand and his people will be captivated by his faithful love and his goodness to them. Whereas before they ran away from his faithfulness, chasing after their own lust, after they have been redeemed, they would be captivated by his love for them. Now, as we seek to apply these things in our own life, how could we not see the redemption seen in Hosea? I mean, Hosea's name means the Lord is salvation. The Lord is indeed our salvation. For though we have wandered far away from him, like Israel, though our lust has drawn our hearts away from this king who rescued us, our wilderness wanderings have provided just the moment for God to again step in to whisper to us of redemption from slavery and captivity to sin. You see, like Israel, we lusted after the things of this world, and we thought that chasing them would mean happiness and joy and peace and love and hope. Little did we know that those things can only be found in the arms of our faithful lover, the Savior of the world. And what an incredible Savior he is. For after wandering far away and coming to this wilderness dead end in our life because of our lust for these pagan things, rather than chide us for our foolish rebellion, Jesus speaks tenderly to us, revealing to us just how far he would go to redeem us. 
This faithful king, who had done nothing but provide for us and love us, would now prove that love by redeeming us unto himself at the cost of his very life. It was far more than 15 shekels of silver and a few barley loaves. It would cost the blood of our Savior. And this is the length that Jesus was willing to go, the price he was willing to pay to redeem us from our insolent desires. It is this redemption that should motivate our faithfulness to him now. And though we may endure times in our lives where it feels like we are separated from our king, where our worship seems distant and our world seems dark, that darkness should only cause us to long for our king to come and rule with peace and grace in our hearts. And come he will to rule forever those who pledge their lives in allegiance to this king, our king, our redeemer forever. So Jesus, we have so much for which to be thankful, not the least of which is the faithful lover of our souls who calls to us in the wilderness of our despair with news of his redemption that liberates us from our captivity and points us to a future not of imprisonment, but one of freedom and grace and peace and love and joy and hope. One where Jesus, our Redeemer, our King, rules in the hearts of his people. May he reign forever and ever. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.